0: what's up y'all it's Kavya. welcome to the 12th episode of women on the mic today i'm so excited to have dana Vollmer here three-time olympian swimmer and five-time gold medalist so hope you enjoy the interview yeah, I mean, it's the first time for both of us, but I thought it'd be a cool way to kind of get to see you and talk with you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So uh, how are you doing this during this time? I know it's like a lot of uncertainty and, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful that my family is all healthy yeah. um, with my five and two and a half year old. Mm. You know, the house is nuts and it's chaotic yeah. and they don't really understand me trying to work and their dad trying to work while we're home. They just want to play. Yeah um but we're just so thankful for our health and
0: and yeah doing the best that we can as i'm sure yeah. a lot of people are yeah i mean thank you so much for joining because i think you know during this time when there's a lot of uncertainty going on um hearing stories of you know super inspirational people can help people find you know motivation during this time and so you know i'm excited to get to talk with you and have people listen um so I know, you know, you're quarantining yourself at home, but are you doing anything, you know, special with your kids? Anything fun right now?
1: We've been trying to do as many art projects as we can. Um, They've been going on scooter rides and I run next to them, which has been a lot of fun. Trying to get get outside as much as we can. Mm. And, um... But yeah, it's it's definitely been challenging trying to come up with all these different things yeah. to do. Um, Keeping them have off each the other, time. which is nice. Yeah, because yeah, they're they play and they're running around right now in the backyard with my husband. So yeah. that's nice that they have each other. Yeah. But you know, trying to still do pieces of school, they get about thirty minutes with their preschool right now, mm-hmm. and then you know, just trying to schedule when I get work done, when my husband does their school crafts.
0: Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's pretty overwhelming. Um, so I know that, you know, this pandemic has kind of affected like a lot of people and if we're looking at, you know, the sports community, so many seasons have been postponed, um, you know, teams have you know been cancelled and I think something special to you, the Olympics have been postponed. And I know, you know, the Olympics is really important to you, is hold a special place in your heart. So I kinda wanna talk to you about, you know, the experience at the Olympics for you. Um, so you were twelve when you went to the Olympic trials and so I wanted to know, you know, what was that experience like being 12 years old at the trials?
1: Yeah, I mean, man, I, it took, um, I was, the meet before that, I swam the 100 fly five times. Yeah. I, in the prelims and the finals, and then I had to time trial it to get the time standard. And just going, and so it was the 200 IM, mm. it turns out it was a, a girl named Gabrielle Rose, and she was only, oh, maybe 16, 15, 16 at the time, and... She had just qualified for the semifinals and then just qualified for the finals, and she swam, and she ended up second, which made the Olympic team, and her face just lit up. She jumps out of the pool, ran around the side of the pool deck, flew into her coach's arms, and he (laughs) spun her around, and that was the moment when I turned to my coach, and like, I have goosebumps, and I was like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And it was so much more than the place for her time, like just the joy that she had just accomplished what she had accomplished and made the Olympic team. And like, oh, it was just so inspirational. And my own swim, I ended up 49th in the 100 butterfly. And I was so mad that <laughs> I did not make an Olympic team at 12 years old.
0: I like that, so. that competitiveness.
1: Yes, so my dad had to keep reminding me of all the grown women women that had just been (laughs) beat by a 12-year-old. But it definitely sparked that fire in Mm -hmm. me to want to have that same joy and fulfillment and accomplishment in what I was doing in the sport.
0: Yeah, and like four years later, you're on the team in uh, 2004. So what was that experience like being 16? That's still really young. And you know, walking (laughs) through that opening ceremony and like being surrounded by so many amazing athletes.
1: Yeah, so I have never been to an opening ceremonies, um, oh. sadly. So swimming starts the next morning. Got it. And so my liked... event is always the first one. And um, athletes are told, at least the U.S. swimmers, mm-hmm. that if you're in those first three days of competition, they advise that we don't go. Yeah, that makes sense. It's on average, it's seven, six to seven hours of standing. Yeah. on the athletes so I always were like somewhere in the village watching the opening ceremonies mm-hmm. I have been to closings and so I can only imagine what openings yeah. feel like but to walk into that arena and all of those athletes and the level of talent and everyone's just so excited to be there yeah. and um, in 2004 you know it's such, it's such a family and the coolest thing to me was actually the cafeteria, <laughs> just because of the food, uh, but when, it, when the meet first started, when the Olympics first started, each country kind of stayed at their own table, mm-hmm. and by the end of the two weeks, like, that was just not the case, yeah. like, everybody was That's mingled, so awesome. and it was just so, yeah, it was amazing.
0: I mean, I can imagine when you're 16, like, not many of your friends are training for the Olympics and, you know, going through that rigorous schedule, so what was your life like as a 16-year-old, what, like, your day-to-day life?
1: Yes my alarm went off at four thirty. Wow. And I got up and we had to drive forty five minutes to the nearest club team. Mm-hmm. And so we would drive up there. I had a two hour swim in the morning, drive the forty five minute back go wow. to high school, and then turn around as soon as you know high school ended, I would drive back up and we'd have a two and a half hour afternoon session, and then drive back. Wow. So my brother and I kind of alternated on driving and we would just try to get our homework done and talk to each other and it was actually great bonding for mm-hmm. my brother and I.
0: Um, now I kind of want to backtrack, I know you mentioned that your mom was a swim coach, right?
1: Yes. So yeah. is
0: that like kind of how you got into swimming? Like tell me about how you, like the first time you got in the pool.
1: Yeah, so I don't remember the first time I got in the pool. I was yeah. in a backpack before I could walk. My mom was a swim coach um, up in Syracuse, New York. Mm-hmm. and I vaguely remember like my first swims of butterfly and frantically grabbing a lane line and then trying (laughs) to swim again. Um, But I mean, my mom, she held New England records. Um, She was a fantastic swimmer through eighth grade because they didn't offer sports for Mm. women at her high school. Wow. So she was always so passionate about keeping me in the sport and that there was nothing to... Too expensive. They put my whole training on credit cards and they took me to every competition, to all those practices, and they were like, no, this is going to be an opportunity for you because my mom didn't have that.
0: Wow, that's really inspiring. I mean, I was going to ask you a little later, but I'll ask you now since you're talking about like women who inspire you. But um, growing up, who are some, you know, women who inspired you?
1: Yeah, my idol was Jenny Thompson. She was a swimmer. She also swam butterflies. She did freestyle as well. But she's, mm. she's one of the most um, meddled Olympians of all time for swimming. Wow. But what I loved about her, so it was in 2004 that maybe it was early. No, I think it was 2004. Ah, but, <laughs> anyways, yeah. um, she qualified for the Olympics while going to medical school. Wow. And it was That's just crazy. like, oh. I can't even imagine like mm. her schedule. And you know, now she has kids and it was when I qualified for the twenty sixteen Olympics that her kids asked for my autograph. Wow. And like, it was full just really cool. So I have a picture with her and her kids and uh That's so it, was, nice. it was because she was so well rounded mm. that it wasn't just that she was an amazing athlete, but she knew what she was doing post her swimming career and wanting to be a doctor and then not waiting that she could do both at the same time, and so that's always really inspired me.
0: Yeah, I think that drive and, like, um, having that vision for yourself outside of sports is so inspiring. Um, When you, like, started swimming, did you do any other athletics or activities, or was it, like, swimming, swimming, swimming?
1: Oh, no, no. I did uh, basketball, track, gymnastics, ballet, ballet. Um, we just kind of did every sport under the sun. Mm. Um, honestly through like seventh grade, my dream was to be in the WNBA. Really? Wow. And then I actually tore my ACL Mm -hmm. and it was through that. So I could go and train in the pool. So we had a pool buoy between my legs. We like taped my legs so I wouldn't use them. And I just developed this super strong upper body and my swimming just took off.
0: Yeah, I know uh, you swim butterfly really well. And when I used to swim like a few years ago, I hated that. Butterfly was not
1: (laughs) my favorite stroke.
0: Um, So I know you mentioned like playing a lot of sports and I think playing a lot of sports is really important because it teaches you so many life lessons that translate outside of the court as well. Um, So what would you say are some of the key lessons that you've learned through swimming?
1: Wow, um, you know, I mean, like you said, starting off my childhood with fun and exploration and developing that relationship with the water, and I think that that translates across sports, that a lot of times we're too focused on developing the right skills or doing it perfectly from such a young age and trying to give our kids that head start Mm -hmm. and we're losing that foundation of love for what you're doing and movement and experimentation and so that's something with my two boys that I'm definitely focused on and you know my five-year-old is great in the water um but that doesn't mean that I don't want him to do basketball and gymnastics and um you know, it's something that we've seen as people start to focus on sports so much younger yeah. that, you know, swimming, it's not just in the pool. I have to launch myself off of a block. I have to be able to hit a turn and jump. thats It's just same thing as jumping but in the water, and every kind of sport can help you be – good at the different sports if you let it influence them and even when I was doing dance there's a fluidity in your movements when you dance and that really translates into how you move in the water Mm. so I feel like not being afraid to go outside your comfort zone and try new things Mm. and letting it influence your sport and the athlete that you are and the person that you are and that's only going to make you better. Mm.
0: When I used to swim like obviously swimming is a team sport you have like you know you're representing Team USA but ultimately when you're in the water it's it's just you and you have to kind of have that mental toughness and drive to you know finish and race and so I think that's one of the things I learned through swimming right now I play volleyball but that's something that I've definitely carried on to everything I do not just in sports um so i know you have a really inspiring story of you know when you were 15 going through that diagnosis and then up until that journey to athens and i think that really shows you know your mental fortitude and you know how you're able to overcome and compete so i was wondering if you were willing to you know share that story for everyone because i think that's one that everyone can be inspired by
1: yeah so when i was uh 14 15 years old i it was in practice, and my heart rate spiked to 250 beats per minute, and, you know, I do enough heart rate training to where I know what my heart rate range is supposed to be, and so I got out of the pool, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, no, this, like, this isn't normal, and, you know, at 15, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I was super stressed, I was tired, I didn't eat right, I wasn't hydrated, something like that, And, and then it kept happening, and, then it would happen at times when I wasn't even working out. It would just all of a sudden spike up. And so we went in to a cardiologist, and it turned out that I had an extra electrical pathway in my heart. Mm -hmm. And my dad always explained it as an extra spark plug in an engine that would randomly kick in and rev the engine up. And it was through testing. So I did a lot of stress tests, um, a lot of monitoring. Um, At the time, I didn't have monitors that you could wear in the pool. I know that that's something that they're, I don't know if that's developed yet or they're still trying to get there. But so I couldn't actually wear it when I was in the water, but it it was one of those, they saw signs of long QT mm-hmm. pattern. And uh, so that's one of the leading causes of sudden death in athletes. Um, the resting period between your heartbeats basically takes too long, it gets extended and your heart just stops and so your advice to not do any athletics um my mom talked about coming in when i was sleeping and they said you know it could happen from a nightmare mm-hmm. and she would come up and check if i was still breathing and it was a very scary time for our family mm-hmm. um I can imagine. but through all of the testing that we did they couldn't it, they didn't determine that it was actually the syndrome they mm-hmm. called it random patterns of the syndrome and so with that, they, they cleared me to still be able to swim if I always had a defibrillator with me poolside, just oh. in case. Okay. Um, that was terrifying to me as a 15-year-old to hold on to this device that is supposed to save my life if something happens. And so my mom took on that responsibility and she was there with me at every single training session. And luckily we never had to use it and I, you know, something that when I went to the University of Florida for my freshman year, I had to go through another round of testing I'm a liability if something happens to me. And then same thing when I transferred to Cal, they had to do the same array of tests. And uh, it wasn't until I was pregnant with my second son that I was able to do the genetic test that they developed for long QT and I don't have it. So, of course, you know, I like to remain, you know, questionable on, on up to date on medical information about, about heart awareness and heart disease and everything. But so they said there were two markers that were still abnormal that they know have to do with the heart, but they don't know what they are yet.
0: Hmm. That's
1: interesting. So, yeah. So, so I we'll mean, see one day.
0: When you like, when you got to compete after all this that happened to you, all the uncertainty and obstacles you had to overcome. You won gold in 2004. So what was that feeling like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those that a lot of times we don't fully appreciate what we do until it gets taken away. Mm -hmm. And that was an experience where I didn't know if I was going to be able to swim. Yeah. And it just reinforced that love of being able to work out, to use my body, to Mm -hmm. push myself, to be at that level and to appreciate the pain at the end of a race no matter how good you are the end of a race still hurts
0: yeah.
1: and to enjoy that and to value that and it it brought a whole new level of of me to my training and to stand on the podium I can still see the pool and the stands and exactly where my parents are sitting and on the other side of the pool, raising the US flag and our national anthem playing and holding the hands of my teammates that were on the relay with me. And it's just like everything that you did was worth it to be standing there in that moment.
0: Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point about how we don't necessarily appreciate a lot of things we have until we lose it. And I think, you know, even during this time, um, we can we like realize how much we take for granted small interactions with people, um, just being able to practice with your teammates, just like small things like that. So I think yeah. it's like a great point, it's really um, applicable to what we're going through right now. Um, yes. Yeah. So after 2004, you went on to the 2008 trials, but unfortunately you didn't make the team. So what was you know, going through your mind before you know, the swim and then yeah. after the swim?
1: Yeah so I mean that was one of the harder periods for me mm-hmm. and I know that you're a big advocate for mental health in sports and you know it's one of those that I put so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. that I had to, like I was now an Olympic gold medalist it had kind of felt like while there was hardships and challenges things had kind of fallen into place up to that point and then there was this new level of expectation on me because I was already an Olympic gold medalist, right. that I was supposed to train a certain way. I was supposed to be so good at every single practice. And um, my self-talk just absolutely deteriorated mm-hmm. to, you know, I have to do it perfectly. I, I'm i failing if I'm not living up to this, my potential that people see in me. And my self-worth got wrapped up in being an elite level athlete and you know it's been my freshman year I went to Florida and there was so much more pressure to physically look a certain way
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and they trained probably twice as much as I had ever trained before so I wasn't doing as well in training I was critiquing my body to the absolute hilt and then then I head off to the 2008 Olympic trials where I felt like you know, everyone had invested so much time in me. I was more afraid of letting everybody down than I was excited to make an Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And I just crumbled. And especially when I didn't make the team, I yeah. felt like nothing. I was, I was useless. I, You know, it was a really, really hard mm-hmm. space to be in. And, but honestly, now looking back, I'm really thankful because it set me off on this journey of discovering why I love to swim and what I love about the sport yeah. and about the water and about competition. And it completely transformed the way that I approached the sport. And I, I do wonder if I had made the team in 2008, if I would have just kept trudging along yeah. with that terrible inner voice inside of me That it took that disappointment for me to say, enough with that. Like, there has to be a better way.
0: I mean, I think you mentioned a good point how, you know, that negative self-talk is so impactful and, like, can um, impact you in competition, in daily life. So how, like, what are some tips you have for people who are, you know, like, not talking to themselves really nicely or not in a good mental state, not very confident? What would you say, like, how can they bring that confidence up?
1: Yeah, so part of what I worked on was was actually writing down what my goal was and then writing down all the areas that I felt like fed into that being successful, mm-hmm. but then going beyond that and understanding your definition of all of those terms. And so I'll use hard work for an example, like making an Olympic team was my goal and I wrote hard work and it's like, all right, like that seems like common sense but then diving into it more, it was, all right, my definition of hard work is, one, like being at the 9 to 11 practices I had a week,
0: pool mm-hmm. sessions
1: a week. It's meeting the time standards that were projecting me to be where I thought I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And it was much more external judgments of yeah. certain time standards, certain places against my teammates, um, a certain level of... You know it was nothing actually about my physical exertion yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and to understand that I was setting myself up for failure mm-hmm. and so starting to understand everything around your goals helps you better define like that that bar that you're setting yourself up
0: Definitely. You're,
1: the bar you're setting for yourself yeah. um, and then going beyond that like I want people to discover what fuels them that It's not just swimming, and when I thought about making an Olympic team, you know, we tend to look at all the other Olympians, uh, the way that they've done it, the yardage they've done, the weight training that they do, and that's all outside of ourselves, Mm -hmm. and to remember to look back, like, what did you love about swimming? What do you love? What got you into volleyball? Like, what are those core elements that make you so excited to do something, and to realize that... Those are actually the fuel behind the words like commitment and dedication. You can't just be committed and dedicated yeah. just because you think you have to be. Mm. That has to be fueled by something. And you know, to start to stay true to those, like some of mine, it's like holding my warm cup of coffee in the morning.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the sun rays shining through the pool. It's the calmness that yoga brings to me. Mm. It's artwork and to realize that to get to chase my goal of being an Olympian i have to include all of those they have to yeah. be a part of it otherwise i'm never going to feel whole and yeah it's also you know i leading after 2008 like i can admit when i looked in the mirror i had not like the person that i saw
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's starting to work on that dialogue to catch yourself in what we're saying yeah and starting to switch that and starting to say that we are enough right now and just because we want to improve does not mean that we are less than right now
0: definitely. and
1: I mean it's hard it's hard work it's like a constant state that we have to be working on ourselves in and
0: yeah like I mean I catch myself like saying bad things to myself all the time on the court um and I like catch myself like you said being affected by those external pressures and not really like kind of remembering why, why I'm playing, like why I love doing this. And so I think that's a really good point is to kind of understand and be conscious of those internal drives and internal motivations, which makes you, which made you like fall in love with what you're doing. Um, I know you talked about, you know, your body image. So like, what would you say are, is some advice for someone who might like look in the mirror and not, you know, their body image might not be very healthy or some, someone that's like not, um, Talking to themselves in the right way about how they look
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so hard yeah. and For me, it was starting off by just appreciating what our bodies are doing for us right now mm. um, The fact that we're alive the fact that we're moving around um, if you're an athlete the fact that you're out there doing what you love yeah. and To really appreciate that every single person's body is different and one person's body that works for them is not going to be the body that makes you have the best you for your sport. And yeah, I wish more coaches would appreciate that mm-hmm. and take that to heart that that doesn't have to be such a key thing. Um, even in swimming, you know, it's like there's there's not actually a tie to the super lean people being the most fast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, but yet, that seems to still be a goal for a lot of athletes is yeah. just to be incredibly lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the way that I changed mine, it started to be a much better relationship with myself and food. Mm-hmm. That instead of judging it off of what nutritionists told me to eat, what you know, my coaches, yeah. what, whatever it is, whatever you read, it's like, how does food make me feel?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to starting, starting to track. That and a lot. So many people ask me, "What should I eat before I race?" And that's not something I can tell you. I can yeah. tell you what made me feel good before mm-hmm. I race, but that's also what practice is for—to mm-hmm. to try different breakfasts and see how you do in practice. Mm-hmm. Which one makes you feel super heavy and sluggish, or which one you know makes you burp all the time? Yeah, and it's not pleasant. Yeah. Um, all of those. That's what that's what practice is for to figure that out, and and you will. And I feel like. For me, anyways, like the times when I was not critiquing myself and pin, like you know, being so critical on what I ate, I when when though when that less and I was focused on what made me happy and feeling good inside my skin, my body changed and and it was healthier. Yeah, for me and how I felt in my skin.
0: Definitely. That's such good advice because everything is so individualized. It's more about like how what makes you feel. I don't think there's like a standard or like general, you know, pregame meal or something that you need to eat in order to look a certain way. So I think that's really inspiring. Um, So when I used to swim, I used to swim when I was like nine. So around like 2012, which is like, when you competed in the 2012 Olympics. And there's so many inspiring women who are on that team. I remember looking up to, you know, Missy Franklin, Katie Ledecky, uh, you, of course. Um, I also have this photo. I met you a while ago. This was in 2013. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, and I think, like you and all the other amazing women on that team you guys kind of transcend um like swimming you're you're just great role models in general for all women and so I still look up to you you know playing volleyball I know so many other you know women and athletes look up to you as well so I just wanted to pull out that photo Aw. thank (laughs) Um, you
1: that's great
0: yeah um what was I gonna say Oh, yeah. One thing that really inspired me and which I thought it was so badass was when you gave birth in 2015 and then came back 2016 and then won another gold medal. I mean, that's so badass. That is amazing. So um, talk to me about, you know, that preparation that went in and like kind of your mindset after, you know, your first son all the way to that gold medal.
1: Yeah. So I feel like this surprises a lot of people that. It wasn't necessarily my goal to win an Olympic medal. It was one of those, you know, I had taken two years off. I thought I was done with the sport after 2012. Um, I had been doing yoga. You know, I want to say I kind of worked out, but (laughs) not probably like I, not like I do now, now that I'm retired. And, um, you know, it was when I was on bed rest, um, and I just, I missed the, control of my body and the finite, the little movements that helped me yeah. balance and move through the water and uh, just being in control of my body. Uh, yeah. I did not feel in control of my body that late in pregnancy and uh, <clears throat> that was when I called my coaches. I was like, what do you guys think about me coming back? <laughs> and, and we were like, okay, like let's just take this step by step and honestly it was the most holistic, healthy approach I feel like I've ever had to the sport. And because I, it wasn't about instantly coming back and getting in the best shape that I could. It wasn't about being super lean. Like I needed to have enough calories to nurse my son, which brand new experience. And I was felt like I was hungry all the time. And, and then to also try to train and You know, I would jump out of training, and I would nurse him, and then I'd get back into training, and um, if I was up all night with him, then I wouldn't go to the pool. Like, it was such a different balance of my health and my well-being and this balance of fitting in workouts, and I'm a person that likes to set high goals no matter what, so when I got back in the pool, I was like, hey, why not? Let's set the high bar of making an Olympic team really healthy step by step take it slow i think if i had gone in with the mindset of i have to make an olympic team like that is my ultimate goal yeah. then i 15 months would seem very short be a lot more stressed than just this goal of being as healthy as i could yeah and yeah. wanting to be active with my kids mm-hmm. and Wanting to feel that same health that I talked about before it wasn't about a certain leanness or certain weight It was just feeling good in my skin again Mm -hmm. and I got that through swimming and being with my teammates and it was my chance to be Competitive and my place to connect with my teammates and I just I loved the whole journey of that and things fell into place and I was racing faster than than I thought I would, and quicker than I thought mm-hmm. I would. And um, yeah, it was just, it was that's amazing. So cool. Like, it was such a special way to me, too, to end my career mm-hmm. that it was just this total holistic health approach and it works.
0: Yeah, that's really inspiring. And I think, you know, all the stories, like between those four years for each Olympics, you've had, like, you know, some obstacles that you've had to overcome, which only goes to show, you know, we don't really understand kind of the journey behind, you know, we see, Medals and the podium, but there's so much that goes behind that, and the journey and the path that it takes, which is so inspiring. And I've learned so much from you. Um, So I wanted to ask, like, you definitely inspire so many women, uh, so many athletes, so many swimmers. I know in the comments there are like a lot of people who are saying, like, Dana, you're my favorite swimmer. (laughs) But um, if you like, if you wanted those people who look up to you to learn one thing from you, what would it be?
1: Oh, no pressure. (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, no pressure
1: yeah that you know our our health and our relationship with our own body is so incredibly key to being successful and no matter where what we want to do yeah
0: um
1: that developing that sense of self-confidence of being whole and being complete right now is well it just absolutely transforms the way that you're gonna go after Mm -hmm. any of your goals. Definitely and that those goals aren't what define you as a human being.
0: Yeah, that's so true and that's really inspiring. Um I know I've asked like a pretty big questions but kind of lighten it up a little bit. Um so are you watching any good T V shows or movies right now?
1: Um, we love the good doctor. Okay, I've heard that the rookie we've watched that uh we just started my husband and I love like just warm fuzzy hallmark movies <laughs> and uh sometimes you just need that yeah you know less drama and it's yeah. just nice yeah um so we just started watching uh the baker and the beauty
0: oh I watched, watched that episode, episode last <laughs> night
1: <laughs> so did you?
0: yeah it was just like a bunch of positive vibes
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so we were like oh this is cute I like
0: this yeah yeah um do you have any like hobbies outside of swimming that you like to do
1: yes uh I love to paint I love building things kind of making anything Mm um so earlier in the week I made I wanted I wanted to actually make cloth masks
0: Mm, yeah
1: and uh I was like okay that's that's a little ambitious for (laughs) just now breaking out my sewing machine again uh so I made their you know on paper towels like just Oh yeah, yeah. Rags, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and, but I used all of my kids' old receiving blankets, and so that was really fun, just in getting to make yeah. that. And then I did make us all masks. Um, and then I like refinished a piano that's actually been a project since 2011. I think wow. <laughs> so it's been a really long time. Yeah. And then with kids, and um, I work at an architecture firm, and. All the public speaking, I was like, I don't know when I'm
0: gonna finish this piano, and yeah. uh, so I did, and it looks awesome. That's awesome. Um, before I finish, I just want to let you know I'm rocking my cow sweatshirt. Yeah, <laughs> go, go Bears. Bears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: do you have any really fun memories from your time at Berkeley? Oh, I
1: mean. So many. Yeah. Uh, one. So the year we won NC2As, it was the first year that Cal Swimming had won an NC2A championship. Wow. And as part of our training, we took hip-hop dance class no way and so we would do hip hop dance like two or three times a week
0: that's so cool but fun. it was
1: the last relay and it came down to that relay and if you know, if we won we won the meet mm. and to calm us down our team went outside of the aquatic center and the four relay people sat down <laughs> and the rest of the team did our hip hop dance
0: that is so fun choreographed that dance is so that fun. we learned okay.
1: and uh, we were just smiling that whole time and the memories that I have with my teammates. And I love that my coach actually told this to me. She was like, when you're my age, when you know you're in your fifties, you're not gonna remember your times. You're not gonna necessarily even remember the place. Like you're gonna remember the memories that you had with your teammates in the hotel, on the buses, at the competition, and to really, really cherish those.
0: Yeah, definitely. Those memories are so, so awesome to look back on. I can imagine you have a lot of really fun memories from Berkeley. Um, Before we finish, I just want to thank you so much for joining me. It means a lot. And um, some of the lessons you shared and advice you shared was really meaningful. And so I'll upload this to Spotify. I recorded it. And so more people can listen and learn from you. Um, But I always ask, The people who I interview this one last question so I'd love to get your answer on it Um, but what is one thing or the most important thing that you think we should be teaching young girls today
1: I mean it ties right into just that we we are enough we are strong we are capable um, and that the sky is the limit and it's not that we have to Be everything Mm -hmm. and accomplish everything and just have it all on our plates that it really comes down to what fulfills us and what makes us happy Mm -hmm. and regardless of what anybody says that's what's most important
0: yeah awesome thank you so much for joining me I hope you guys stay healthy and have a great time with your family
1: thank you you too
0: thank you